Hello, fellow Gooners, and welcome to the episode of Canon Talk. I'm here this morning, my host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Um, I'm sure everybody was happy to watch a bit of live soccer the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, you know, <laughs> almost like a new experience. You know, seeing now everything in full swing. But, I mean, the way things were, um, you know, organized in the Bundesliga, I'm pretty sure it's going to probably have that sort of same run and flow to it. It's it's typical German efficiency, that's all I can say. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, look, when the, when the players arrived, um, everybody had the, you know, the, the masks on and, and stuff like that. And then with the warm-ups and that, they were almost, like, allowed to finally take some of the, like, some of the masks off. And by the time kickoff came around and they were in the tunnel, um, the subs had to then, of course, go... Uh, no, they couldn't sit, like, on the bench, really. They had to sit in the first row of the actual stadium. And then there's like two or three seats apart from each other. And that being said, I mean, look at the refs with no mask on, the, uh, both sides no mask on, and the coaches were also allowed to then remove their mask. And I think only by the only time uh, where they and I had put mask on was the time that you know, go down the tunnel together at half time. But other than that, everything was, you know, for me, it was running a okay. Well, it could probably be the new normal as we see, eh? Yeah, but. Um, and another thing that was also, of course, new to me, besides now what we used to in, in, in pre-season, is seeing the, you know, the five substitutes, like first time in, in full swing in, in a competitive game. And how did that work out? Because I didn't obviously watch any of the games this side in South Africa, but, you know, for you, who probably watched a few of them. How did that kind of, like, did it seem to make the teams play at a higher tempo because of fresher players and fresher legs coming on? Um, the, the only thing with... with it was like, you know, to, to make it like fair on, on people. You could not make your, it was like a bundle of subs, especially the last five minutes of the game. Because, uh, you know, uh, sometimes like if you in a normal three sub uh, football game, you would normally try to buy time, you know, with, with the substitutions, which then are clocking on like 30 seconds for every sub. But I mean, they were told up front already, look, in the fairness of the game, we're going to do it like this. You can make your five subs. But you try to keep it unless, you know, it's like a, an emergency, you know, with the last five minutes where it's like actually like a medical, like, you know, a serious injury. Then you could make in, you know, a sub in the last five minutes or so. But everything was trying to be kept in the, in the you know, fairness of the game. And uh, all clubs were abiding to the rule. Well, it's good to see that they still have the spirit of the game going, um, you know, even after all of these new slight changes to the game. Yeah, and... Uh, it's almost like it's also set now the the yardstick for how it's going to play out in La Liga, how it's going to play out the Serie A and the Premier League when it commences. Yeah, I look forward to when that happens and seeing the beloved Arsenal in action again. Yeah, because I mean, um, I don't know if you now saw the reports of all the clubs now, you know, are training now in in are like in full swing now with everybody now ramp, uh, ramping up training. And uh, you know, for me, in the way what was scary is when you see. You know, those guys who were kind of banking on not being there for February, March, you know, April. They're now all back and, you know, training hard because Luke Saunders back from his military service. Harry Kane is now fully fit. Uh, you know, you go through with, with Man United, all their injuries are now behind them, really. And and with Arsenal, I think there's also quite a chunk of the players that have now returned, like, fully fit, like, you know, the likes of Tierney. Just adds a different dynamic to the season now. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if you saw the, especially this week now, 
uh, gone by with the talk of Lucas Torreira that's disgruntled. And I mean, I'm not sure how I'm actually going to, why I absorb this because I first thought it was just, you know, run of the rumor mill. But when you saw the the agent of his talking out about it and, and uh, you know, I think, I don't know if Torreira was also liking certain pictures and, and making sort of certain comments or so, so, so sideways remarks, I would put it like that, with regards to now his time in England. And that. So I don't know, because this talk of, you know, him wanting a sort of return to Italy again. Yeah, it's always been a rumor that he's wanted to go to Italy, but I don't know, he just, I don't know, he showed the passion for Arsenal, you know, in tears in, in the at Europa League final, and I don't know if there was other game where I saw him in tears as well, but it's it's like, he just doesn't seem to be as happy as he once was at the club, and I, I could, I'm not surprised to see that this is probably could end up being, you know, something that does end up happening. Because, you know, I, I really like him. I mean, he's also one up there with one of my favorites at the moment. And I mean, uh, uh, the last few years, I haven't really attached myself really to, to players, but it's like you've you know, kind of grown onto him, his tenacity, his attitude as well. But, you know, almost like deep down, you can see he's he's playing in that, but he's not really happy. You know, like being, yeah. you know, where he can actually express himself. With it. And I think, you know, it's also tough for, especially people from South America, where when, you know, when they come to, Okay, Italy they can adapt to because with the language they can adapt quickly to Italian. But I think with him to adapt not to English, and you can see he doesn't really say anything really in English. And the communication, I think there is a big gulf in in you know how he communicates with the, with his teammates as well. Because you always see him clinging or, or sticking close to you know the Spaniards or like the Brazilians and that. But you you won't see him really mingle with the rest of the squad. Uh, I guess it's it's something that, uh, you know, if he's not happy at the club, you know, obviously can't force the guy to stay. And, you know, maybe that's why we're lining up at Thomas Potter. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. Um, with regards to a guy who can maybe do his job and maybe add a bit more steel. And like you mentioned, you know, you could have even Guendouzi in the midfield even. And maybe that means the likelihood of Shaka staying could be something that happens now. And maybe, you know, where they end up letting Xhaka then play in any sort of position that he would maybe prefer, you know, being the more creative player, uh, you know, in a more advanced role. But as I said, look, the only thing that, that, that's always been irking the two of us is that, you know, especially Xhaka, you need the legs, you need the speed for that. And at times it looks like he's always running and carrying water when he's in Wedford. <laughs> but I suppose if you have to protect this, like, th- like, you, you would do well if you had three centimeters in the box. So, like, going to yeah. him and maybe Potter. It would be a strong midfield, maybe away from home. You could use them. And even at home in some of the games, it allows a bit more steel in the middle of the park. Something Man United used to do to us when we used to go to Old Trafford. They would, we would have the most creative flair players and they would pack the team with even centre-backs playing in midfield at times, they would still get the job done. But you see, one, that's, that's also one thing that I, I like about uh, Joe Willock, because I think you can also see that injection of pace. There's certain aspects of his game where he's still quite raw, which, I mean, of course, it still needs some polishing up. But other than that, I think he gives that sort of injection that we need to carry the ball forward, and sometimes that holding the ball in the middle of the park. Yeah, it, it's, it's something we, we miss. We miss a ball carrier in the team currently. So, 
you know, that that's like when Doozy tries to do it, but sometimes he does overdo it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you also noticed with this. Um, there's now again this, this you know, with the the UK media try to uh, stir things up. They were now again at the forefront with this agenda of you know getting Gunners you know riled up because uh, they've now look. Uh, I think Stan Kroenke is now about to invest something like 480 million in the or 408 million dollars in the LA or St. Louis Rams uh, with regards to a new stadium and from what has been now coming out is like he's now almost like pumping in his own money there but now the way the media are trying to spin it it's like he's going to use Arsenal almost like it's some sort of collateral but I just think, look, I still think we're gonna we still in the same situation as we were in March or whatever. You know the way the, the, the situation is playing out with transfers, contracts, and and budgets for for next season. But I think it's not like the media are not trying to, you know, just can we not do this? Because for me, it's the, the way it's playing out is the same way it played out when they came up with this whole way. all all um, tablet media were carrying this whole thing about Arsenal to save 40, 45 million and. In the, in the spending budget, and of course, the, everything just went into pandemonium. Uh, pandemonium with the Arsenal fans on social media, things like that. So I just think we need to almost like listen or, or wait rather to what the club says, and because more often than not, as, as something as annoying as Solnier was also getting this pass half year, and I still think he's being very upfront with the situation, also with money and that with regards to the, the club and spending. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, as long as we don't see anything affecting Arsenal at the moment, like, you know, like um, like it was previously when we had to sell players to fund the stadium, as long as we're not yeah. selling players and things like that to fund, you know, the stadium in America, that we shouldn't be too fussed about it and riled up about yeah. it. Same. Um, another point I wanted to bring up was, Una Emery, of course, did an interview as well last week. Uh, of course, he's not had a pop at the everybody. Uh, but I don't know, what, what's your take on this? He made a remark that went something down the lines of he blames the Arsenal board for allowing this Aubameyang thing to drag on like this. That was the one thing. And of course, look, I'm not going to really get into in, in that other topic that he was mentioned, but look, he also had a pop at Urzel for the attitude. But I mean, the, the the main point I now want to just bring up is that thing with with Aubameyang, where he says now he's putting it on their plate for you know it was their responsibility for them not to let this thing be dragged and, and go out of control. Oh, it's it's easy now for people in glass houses to throw stones. I mean, at the, at the moment when he was coaching, I mean, surely he should have spoken up about things and acted on it. I don't know if he did, but. It's all of a sudden now, like, what I don't like about what Emre is doing, it's almost like he's opening open a can of worms in the club now, saying various things. I don't know if it was true that he said he wanted Wolfred instead of Pepe as well. I think, I don't know yeah. if you said that last week or if it's somewhere I read that. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's almost like he's trying to cover his shenanigans that he was up with when <laughs> Arsenal were <laughs> trying to were in that bad patch. So, you know, it's maybe, yes, Arsenal could be at blame for dragging their feet, but also Emre shouldn't be pointing fingers. Uh, next topic I want to bring up was um, also been linked to the, that winger from Bayer Leverkusen, Musa Diaby. 
I think he played in, uh, for or he's on the youth system of PSG, and uh, now that I mean, he's almost like really hitting the headlines because I was chatting to a mate of mine the other day. We were just talking about it, and then he messages me a few hours later on Monday, and he told me, you know, that guy that you mentioned, he says like that Diaby guy. So I said, yeah, what about him? So he said. He's been now mentioned in quite a few newspapers where they said Arsenal actually had now people look at him. And because the, the reason he caught my eye the other night already when I was watching uh, Bremen play Leverkusen, he's, look, he's a natural left footer. But I tell you, Aiden, he was taking guys, he was taking like the fullbacks, he was switching flanks constantly throughout the game. But I mean, he was like, at one point he was playing as a right winger. He started fainting like he was going to go uh, you know, to cut inside like Pepe, and then all of a sudden he does like this, uh, like a Brazilian type move, and he swoops the ball past the the fullback, and then he starts like he dinks the ball with the right foot, and I mean uh, the the um, the Kai Havertz, he ended up scoring with a headed goal from that cross. Yeah, and, and it seems like um, um, Leverkusen also did some damage against Bremen as well. Yeah, come on, Kai. The hot shot of this at the moment that Kai Havertz is almost like he ended up with two goals and um, Musa Diaby he ended up with two assists in that game, both from. Uh, seems like a player that we could need. Maybe we could offer um, Pepe as a swap deal. <laughs> but I mean, I think what what almost like really caught my attention of this uh, Diaby was you know that, that he does it driving forward and that at, at people really because you don't give you really a chance to jockey him and that he will try the minute you try jockeying him he already you know turns on the, the turbo charges and he's past you and like he was causing damage on the left flank and he was like whipping ball with a hell of a pace on the left flank and you know everybody every time people were thinking like when he was going to the right he's gonna do this whole cutting in cutting he was whipping cross off the cross of the right foot and I mean accurate on like you know pinpoint crosses it's something we need that. I think Pepe gives defenders too much time to think about what he's going to do, you know. They, they know he's in a cutback, but if you as a winger can, you know, cut that out of your game or yeah. drive at the player, make him think, you know, like, or change up what you're going to do, you as a right, left back, is going to, you know, hate coming up against a player like that. And look, I haven't seen much of this guy speaking about the, the RB, mm. but if, I mean, if we can, you know, watch a YouTube video first for me, but like, if he's, if he's as good and as... um. You know, tricky as you say he is as well. You know, why not um, have a look at trying to bring him to the club? And to all our listeners as well, for those who don't know him, maybe have a look at the at the clips of him to see, you know, is this a guy that you would want in an Arsenal jersey? And I mean, what I actually enjoy of his play is, uh, you know, he, he, almost like he draws you in to, to, to slide in at him. And the minute you go on your backside, you, you can already see he's just shifts that ball past you and he's gone. Yeah, and we like, need a guy like that. We need a guy that he will probably get choker in his boots as I always want, you know, being not cutting inside all the time. And, and I think. You know, Aiden, that, that, sorry to interrupt you, but you know that w- w- your very words was going through my head when, when he was playing now against Bremen because he's so far on that tight, on that touchline, like literally putting having choke on his boots because. <laughs> He was allowed, uh, that fullback said to actually go to him every time. And every time he was doing that, he was then, of course, leaving, uh, they were leaving, of course, little pockets of space for, for the overlapping either left back to come through or the right back to come through. And they were always picking out that pocket. So he's quite a difficult customer to mark. And I guess if you do that as a team, you know, you can stretch a team and it allows your 
Urzeld and Aubameyang's more space in the yeah. box because yeah. you can't play as compact. So, you know, maybe this guy, something that we need, he's a young, a raw talent and, yeah. you know, could be worth a risk taking. You're not going to pay over the odds for him. Because I, I think it's also going to come down to, you know, taking that sort of jump, you know, almost like what's the what's leap of faith, where you, you go for something like that now because you know in the long run he's going to be one hell of an investment. Or same with, with Martinelli because you, you, the way you see also the way Martinelli has developed, it's like you can see he's, he's uh, you know, transfer fee will probably jump like 20, 30 million every like, say, season in, in the first three or four years if you think of his development. And if you think of the sort of marker that Mbappe at 21 set already with the sort of fee is demanded now for him. Yeah, and this is hope also we can, you know, tie Martinelli down to a decent contract so, and a long one. So if push comes to shove, you know, let's hope he doesn't go that route. But if we need to sell him, we're not going to shoot ourselves in the foot and get a lump, like nice lump sum for him and, you know, invest in the team to grow the team again. So Arsenal need to make sure they have their ducks in a row before they land up in the same situation over and over. And I mean, one thing that's also kind of concerning to me so far is how Arsenal are still dragging their feet with the whole... Uh, Bukaya Saka, I think, because I honestly think we need to get a move on there because um, Bayern are already putting feelers out on because look, they want to build also a younger squad for the coming season, you know, when the season ends. And look, they've already kept tabs now on Adama Traore, they've already kept not tabs on, on Saka, that's uh, it's playing out now with the contract thing. And look, they've just also signed a, a goalkeeper in what was it, January that, that the youngster of Schalke at Nubo. Who's going to be almost like uh, the deputy to uh, um, Neuer? So look, they're already getting a move on, and, and you can see they are starting to build almost like a squad allow, uh, around Serge Gnabry and them. Uh, that because uh, they're trying to bring through this, you know, almost like a crop of players players that are in the age group of um, eighteen to twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah, I think that's what all like you know we need to yeah. do now, and just you know take it on the chin, not qualifying for probably Champions League, rebuild. Two years, Max, and maybe, you know, scrap the Emre project and go the route that you mentioned, building up the youngsters. And if you need to sell them to make profits to kind of rebuild, it's like, you know, a ready-made replacement for like a Martinelli if he wants to go, you know, do that. But right now, you need to want people, keep the people at the club who want to be there and, you know, go that way. Um, other talk of, of, of transfer things also. There was now also a rumour the last like, 24 hours about, uh, again, this Atletico Madrid with the interest for Lacazette and, again, Thomas Lamar's name thrown in that again. But I honestly think if it comes out like that, we say we can't do a swap deal for Partey and, and, and Lacazette, then I would rather than take the money because I still think the Lamar's best years or year that he had at, at uh, Monaco should have been, you should have been bought there and then. But, you know, almost like everything was dragging along and, and almost like lack of development now at, at Atletico. It, I don't know if it's now, you know, worth making a swap like that. Or what's your thoughts? No, I, I honestly don't think so. He hasn't set the, the world alight. And like you mentioned, you know, probably wasn't the club to go to at the time, especially with his attacking filet that he has. But, you know, you, you, you're probably going to end up playing again over the odds or, you know, yeah. you could rather have Lacazette still probably in the team. But... A lot of people, when you look at them talking about Arsenal's team, maybe for next season, they don't really include Lacazette in the squad. Mm. Yeah, because I, I saw um, Sky Sports were running also a, um, a, a poll this morning already about do Arsenal fans would keep 
on who they would let go. And Lacazette's name was, you know, for those to go, as well as Mkhitaryan. And then, of course, uh, you know, Aubameyang was like told that they'd like rather keep him then. Yeah, I think Aubameyang at the moment is, you know, more of an impact than Lacazette. And maybe you could then bring in, you know, if you let Lacazette go, um, yeah. Raul Jimenez or... Even that Jovic of is it is he at or sorry what's the one the striker of Frankfurt that went to is it AC Milan? Yeah, but I mean I don't know what the plans are. There. I mean look, he's constantly injured there or was constantly injured there when the season was on. But it's almost like there's a lot of shine being taken off him as a player, and I'm not sure if maybe like say a move like to Arsenal could you know make him explode again in that Frankfurt form, but. At the moment, like from what I've seen, look, I've watched quite a bit of, of um, La Liga this season, like from the August month already last year. And I've never, like when he has come on and played, it's the same with Hazard. They, they have not set that Liga like we, and I think that is where Madrid are in a way kind of panicking for, for next season also already, where they're thinking, look, we need some sort of glamour type player, and Hazard is not really doing it, and that Jovic guy is not really doing it either. Yeah, it seems like the, the the big summer didn't go according to plan, yeah. and they seem still like you know very much average. Not to disrespect them, but mm-hmm. like you know, if Arsenal had to play Real Madrid now, maybe we'd probably lose. But I wouldn't be scared as playing Real Madrid of maybe two seasons, three seasons ago. Because I think they do need somebody like you know a uh, like a Mbappe type to to fight, yeah. spear the attack, and or even uh, like say a David de Gea or somebody that that level of goalkeeper also to bail him out in that sense. And probably they probably need also a, a top centre-back as well. And probably De Bruyne probably as well to drive them forward as well. I think he would fit in quite nicely in the um, Real Madrid regime, especially if you can bring Mbappe there and then you obviously have uh, the likes of Hazard and maybe you can get the best of Eden Hazard. Because I, I still think Arsenal, with that, with Martinelli, I mean, if there's certain aspects of his game, you can still polish I mean, you, you've got one hell of a talent there. And I mean, uh, for me, I just hope he stays, you know, seven plus years with us. Yeah, let's hope so. And we can get the most out of him and he can fire us perhaps to some silverware. Uh, the next topic now to switch to also is, uh, look, they're not talking about the Premier League commencing, was it July 19th or 20th, around that time. What's your take on it? Would you wish or would you have liked it to be Push them a bit sooner, like start of June, or would you not? Yeah, I would maybe mid June or something like that because at the moment I think we're gonna have to rush to get all the fixtures done in time. If not, you know, how are they gonna get everything squeezed in to finish the season? And you know, when do you start the next season? So, look, I don't know what the cases are with the corona and how, the, how bad the virus is still in the UK and the you know the various precautions they need to take, but. Maybe it would have been better to start a bit sooner, end the league a bit quicker, just get it out the way, kind of, and then focus on starting the new season, like, you know, as soon as you could possibly do that. But, you know, how the players are going to have a break, or do you, as a as as the FA, think, okay, these guys had kind of a pre-season now, can they go from, if they start in July, won't it be like having a pre-season in that, and then, you know, carrying on through till the next season and not stopping because right now they are on a summer vacation. So I don't know. It's, I know they have been training, but it obviously hasn't been as rigorous as they would have been. I mean, I, I think from all the leagues, I think where, the, where 
the Bundesliga in good stead. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of how things are going to play out. You've got now fixtures running 23rd of May. There's another weekend coming up. Then you've got uh, the first batch of midweek games, which is like 26th, 27th. Then you've got, again, like 30th of May, 31st of May, 1st June. That's again the whole batch over a weekend. Then there's again going to be a run of uh, midweek games. And then you're going to have... Uh, a jump of again, like we get just Saturday games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then again, like sometime middle of June, a uh, uh, batch of midweek games, and then the season will actually end on June 27th, officially, all Bundesliga fixtures over and done with. So, as the, what we've been, been discussing also, now it's just to see out, out sorry, see out how it's going to play out with those that are in Europe still, how it's going to play out there. And how it's also going to be done with, uh, you know, the German Pokal, if they're going to now let it fall away, or if it's still going to somehow be crammed in some in between. But the uh, Bundesliga's main target at DFB, their main target is before end of June, it should be... Are you there, Soiden? No. Oh.